Recovering from Rape or Sexual Trauma Part 2 I am healing I am love I am loved No matter how difficult it may seem right now with these tips and techniques shared here and in part one of this podcast, you will come to terms with what happened to you and you will regain your sense of safety and trust. Queen, you may never forget the experience. I won't lie to you. However, you will come to terms with the violence and abuse on your own terms. You will learn how to control your emotions and you will learn how to recover from being overwhelmed. Queen, you will learn how to let go of the heart-wrenching emotional and mental pain. Let us begin with dispelling the toxic victim-blaming myths about sexual violence and sexual abuse. Myth one is that we are somehow supposed to magically spot a rapist by the way he looks or acts. The fact is that If we could tell a rapist beforehand, then there would be no rapists because they would be in jail. Rapists do not wear badges shouting, I am going to rape you today. You know, there's no way, absolutely no way to identify a rapist. The truth is that rapists are selfish narcissists and opportunists who work hard to appear completely normal, friendly, charming and non-threatening. A gentle man will not rape you. A kind human will never harm anyone. Rapists are cowards. They are unkind, they are foul, they are cruel, and they are ruthless. Do not, under any circumstances, view them as anything other than this. Do not look at the way they treat others. Do not look for kindness in them. Put this in perspective. To you, they were unkind, they were foul, they were cruel, they were ruthless. And they were opportunist. And a sorry does not cut it. This is what you must accept and call them as they are. Myth two. If you didn't fight back, you agreed. fact, during a sexual assault, it's extremely common to freeze. Your brain and body shut down in shock at the attack 
making it difficult to move away, attack back, speak, or think. You've been attacked. You've been attacked. Often rapists hit their victims, causing them pain and threatening to either kill them or break bones if you do not comply. And if you didn't fight back, it's okay, queen, it's okay. That was your response. And it does not mean that you agreed to the assault in any way whatsoever. Myth three. Women who are raped ask for it by the way they dress or act. You know, in in, in Kenya, we did away with this nonsense of men blaming women regarding their dress of choice. We had a march. I forget which year it was in. And the march was my dress, my choice. Many women in Kenya are not raped because of their dress choice. Thousands of women who are raped are schoolgirls. Thousands others are young girls barely in their teens. Babies have been raped. It is not the dress they wore, that's rubbish. Men come up with these really crazy, stupid excuses. No. Rape is an assault, it's a crime. And the person who attacked you did so because they are a criminal, they are dishonest, they are selfish, they are immoral. The blame is not what you wore or didn't wear. It's not on whether you were drunk or not, whether you were in a particular place or not. The blame is entirely on the rapist. It is not on you. You did not commit the assault. They did. You are not to blame. Myth number four. Date rape is often a misunderstanding. Again, he is a young man or an old man or whatever, yeah, coming and saying, oh, you know, I'm sorry I was drunk. Again, it doesn't cut it. doesn't cut it. Research shows that the vast majority of date rapists are repeat offenders. They do this over and over again. They pretend that they're drunk. They're not drunk. These boys and men deliberately target vulnerable women and girls who trust them, plying them with alcohol and then forcing themselves on the girls. They are full examples of men who have no decency in them whatsoever. They're immoral and filthy-minded. They are sexual predators and the worst sort of human. 
Myth number five. It's not rape if you've had sex with a person before. Excuse me? No. Just because you've previously consented to sex with someone before, it doesn't give them perpetual rights to your body. It doesn't. If you say no, it's no. End of story. There may be other myths. And if there are, please do write them down. Share them with me. There is a checkbox for anonymous posts. And you can use that to share if you feel uncomfortable sharing your name. Opening up about what happened to you. It can be difficult. It can be so very difficult to admit that you were raped or sexually assaulted. There is so much stigma attached to this single physical assault. It is not like others. It's not like... It's not like being robbed or... somebody hitting you over the head. Rape makes you feel dirty and it makes you feel weak. Even if this is not the truth, you are strong and beautiful. The perpetrator is the one who is weak-minded, corrupt and dirty, not you. You may also be afraid of how others will react if you speak out. Will they judge you? Will they look at you differently? Often it seems easier to downplay what happened to you or keep it a secret. But when you, when you stay silent, this is where you deny yourself help. And you may just reinforce what is known as victimhood. A hood is a place where we stay and hide. We cover ourselves with a hoodie to keep ourselves from being seen. Victimhood is living as a victim. It destroys your soul because it's a negative space. In victimhood, we do not grow. The word victim means sufferer. And within that context, there's a very real possibility of not growing out of that mentality. It is the beginning of depression, negativity, and harm to self. What I ask you is that you send out energy, dear queen, and reach out to someone you trust. Or find an institution if you cannot trust an individual. Sometimes it's better to seek help from faceless people. If you don't have someone you can trust, talk to a therapist or call a rape crisis hotline. And sadly, there are very many in Kenya today. Thousands of women think that if you don't talk about your rape, it makes it go away like, you know, it didn't really happen. 
But you cannot heal when you're avoiding the truth and hiding only adds to feelings of deep shame, anger or fear. If you call a hotline or go to a crisis center, it's okay to say you're going or calling for a friend. It's okay, queen. It's okay. It's okay. As long as you open up to yourself after the first two visits, for you must open up to yourself. So, two visits. You're allowed to say, I'm here for a friend. Third visit face up to yourself and face up to the truth you've made it you've made it there for the third time now tell your counselor tell your therapist it is me it is not a friend and you know what queens the counselor will, she will understand she will understand Thousands of women do not talk to others about their rapes directly. But they talk to themselves. They open up to themselves and have a conversation with themselves and seek help and methodology on the fact that they were raped. This is harder than we think because often we compartmentalize our lives. So if you go for a friend, remember, this is only for two visits as scary as it is to open up whether it is to another person or to an institution or to yourself this acceptance opens a flood of healing because it puts an end to your sense of helplessness and isolation sometimes we think that if we speak about our hurt that we will die or hurt more so we speak about it and then we realize hey we're not dead we're still here trauma results in a PTSD that leaves you feeling powerless and vulnerable when we speak out we remind ourselves that we have strengths and coping skills that can get us through these terribly tough times and that dear queen is one of the most beautiful facts that we realize that we have deep strengths and deep coping skills tap into them tap into them this next section is called coping with feelings of guilt and shame even if you intellectually understand that you're not to blame for the rape and sexual attack you may still struggle with a sense of guilt or shame these feelings can surface immediately following the assault or come back months after the attack if they're not dealt with however when you acknowledge the truth of what has happened 
it is easier to fully accept that you are not responsible for the attack. And this is key. Keep repeating it on a daily basis. I am not to blame. I am beautiful, gorgeous and awesome. The person who attacked me is to blame, never me. Repeat this every single day. I am not to blame. I am beautiful, gorgeous and awesome. The person who attacked me is to blame. Never me. Never me. I am not to blame. When you go through trauma, your body temporarily temporarily goes into what is called flight or fight mode. There are some people who flee. There are others who fight. We are all different. And this difference is not good or bad. It is just different. We all react in different ways. We are not identical. Learn to accept your reactions as your own unique self. If you do not like the way you reacted, you now have the power and the strength to change that in the future. For example, say you responded by running or not responding at all to the attacker and you felt that you had no muscular strength to push your attacker away and you want to learn how to be in control of your body. There are various ways of gaining confidence in your body. One is in sports training. For example, you can learn taekwondo or karate or kung fu so that you can learn how to quote-unquote fight back. These arts, they instill both physical and emotional confidence in you. And you can join a club near you. And remember, you do not have to state the underlying reason why you're joining. Don't say you're joining to fight off rapists. No, no, no. Write down or declare calmly that you just want to learn the art of karate or taekwondo or kung fu. Keep it simple. Secondly, you can join an athletics sports club. I know so many women and queens who trained to become athletes and became excellent at their game. For as an athlete, you know you also have to train your muscles to become strong so that you can run faster. And no human man or woman can attack you easily. Join a team. A woman's football team, a netball team, a swimming team, tennis, cycling, biking. Sports for women today in Africa, and particularly in Kenya, is so much more easier. And honestly, age is just a number. When you go in for training by joining an existing club, it's for the purpose of the physical activity and the teamwork and the sense of belonging in the team. Some women, they buy super bikes 
Others buy bicycles. Others buy mountain gear. Join appropriate clubs and refocus on your life. Queens who have been assaulted also have a lot of nervous energy. And physical athletics, physical sports is, a, is an excellent, wonderful, beautiful, fulfilling way to both release your resentment and to gain self-confidence in yourself. And it feels so good. All that exercise. Don't throw bottles at the wall. Get into a club and throw a shot put or a javelin at a mark and distance. When the threat of the assault has completely passed, when you're sure you're in a safe space and you are in control, your body calms down. And this is why it is urgent to begin the process of calming yourself physically and emotionally, mentally and spiritually. Because traumatic experiences such as rape assault can cause your nervous system to become stuck in a state of high alert if not addressed properly, if not treated. If ignored and dismissed, these emotions can become stuck in your body and you begin to experience chronic pain and sicknesses. And this is why so many women today have chronic pain and chronic sicknesses like cancers. They have not addressed their emotional issues. They have not addressed their stress. So this is where sports assists so much in the control of your body and your breathing, especially. Your breathing. Panic attacks. Memories, flashbacks, nightmares, and intrusive memories are common, especially in the first few months following the assault. If your nervous system remains stuck in the long term, you may develop serious post-traumatic stress disorder and this can last much, much longer. The trick is to begin the healing process earlier. However, it is never too late. And I know women who after years of being on drugs for their post-traumatic stress disorders have stopped all drug usage after 18 months of focused healing techniques, which include taking up a sport. To reduce the stress of flashbacks, panic attacks and upsetting memories, try to anticipate and prepare for triggers. Common triggers include anniversary dates, people or places associated with the assault, certain sites, certain sounds or certain scents. Sense smells. When you are aware of what triggers cause you to have an upsetting reaction, 
when you can name your triggers, you begin to be in control. For example, the cologne that you attack a war. You smell it again and you wonder why are you feeling a panic attack? Identify the cause of your attack. Identify the cause of your panic response. Remind yourself it is the scent, it is the smell, it is not the person. When you are aware of what triggers cause you to have an upsetting reaction, you'll be in a better position to understand what's happening to yourself and you can take steps to calm yourself down. So pay attention to your body's danger signals. Your body and your emotions give you clues when you're starting to feel stressed and unsafe. These clues include feeling tense, holding your breath, racing thoughts, shortness of breath, hot flashes, dizziness, and nausea. Take immediate steps, immediate steps to self-soothe when you notice any of the above symptoms for it's important to act quickly before these negative emotions spiral out of control. One of the quickest and most effective ways to calm anxiety and panic is to slow down your breathing. It's not always possible to prevent flashbacks. However, if you find yourself losing touch with the present and feeling like the sexual assault is happening all over again, there are actions that you can take. One, reassure, reassure yourself that what you're going through is a memory flashback and it is not reality. And we do this through a technique called grounding. Grounding is looking around you. Look around you and focus on something that is real and happening right now. Focus hard on it and repeat to yourself, this is my reality. The memory is just that, a bad memory. Grounding includes tapping yourself on your hand and looking at your hand while doing so. If your flashback occurs when you are operating machinery, put off the machinery and stop. If you're driving a car, pull over, put on your hazard lights, stop. Don't switch off the engine. However, pull over, put on your hazards and stop. Flashbacks include sweating and a pounding heart and nausea. For a while, carry water with you and carry sweet snacks to soothe your soul after an attack. Sweet snacks, not junk food, sweet snacks, fruits, apples, bananas, And this 
will stop you from running into a bar or craving alcohol or cigarettes. If you have a flashback and a panic attack, do not, under any circumstance, go into a bar or look for alcohol or look for a drug. Do not. And here we come to the do not PPTs. What are PPTs? People, places and things. So, do not PPTs. People, places and things to avoid. Negative people, negative energy people, bullies, rude noisemakers. Avoid bars, loud clubs, risky activities like driving fast. Avoid the place where you are assaulted. Avoid junk food, fast foods, oily foods, soft drinks, carbonated drinks, adrenaline drinks. Avoid alcohol, cigarettes, drugs, substance drugs that alter your perceptions. Avoid excessive watching of TV or excessive playing of games, either on your laptop or on your phone. Avoid gambling. Positive PPTs. Positive people, places and things. Surround yourself with positive upbeat people. Don't excuse yourself from negativity. Simply walk away. Join a sports club, an athletics club, a healthy cooking club, etc. Indulge in healthy foods, fresh fruits, fresh juices, herbs and spices. Take long walks, enjoy nature, cycle, join a hiking club, swim. Buy good books to read. Many today are cheap. Buy humorous books. Buy self-motivation books. Watch humor that is funny, not humor that pokes fun at others. Invest in yourself. Invest in your hair, in your clothing. Look good for yourself. And this is important. Remember what we learned in part one. You are beautiful. So invest in yourself, invest in your hair, invest in your body and your clothing. Look good for yourself. Rhythmic movement and why it helps. In the prior podcast, I shared my experience at a gun robbery. And one of the physical things that I remember is that I self-soothed often by rocking myself. I I didn't understand why until I was told by a trauma counselor 
that rocking is one of the activities that make we as trauma survivors return to ourselves. Rocking can be simple. It can be getting into bed, clasping your knees to your chest, wrapping your arms around your knees and rocking gently. This same activity can be repeated as you sit on the floor or on the sofa or on a chair. Rhythmic body movements with music. This can be achieved by joining a gym or a Roomba class. These classes are found everywhere in our cities today. Rhythmic body movements make you feel more safe, more confident, and more powerful. If you are not the athletic runaround type and prefer quieter body movements, classes that you can join are yoga, tai chi, and qigong. I personally love and practice qigong. I really love it. These activities combine body awareness and knowledge with relaxing focused movement. They relieve the symptoms of post-traumatic stress. Things to completely avoid. Body massages and close contact sports like judo or wrestling. Why? After rape and sexual assault, you will feel uncomfortable with any and all human touch, even from those who you genuinely love and who love you back. Do not force yourself to touch anyone and do not force yourself to accept unwanted touch. Learn to trust your body and give yourself permission to relax and to heal. When you feel like it, you will learn to hug again. Your body will let you know. Many women take to wearing long-sleeved shirts, dresses, and sweaters. And this is because they do not want to feel anyone's skin next to theirs. Let them be. Let them be. It is okay to take time to heal. Stay connected. Stay connected to people. Withdrawal from society and people, yes, is part of healing. This is acceptable. For some people, it may take six months. For others, 16 months. Take your time. And again, understand yourself. Be kind to yourself. Even if you don't go out socializing. Be kind to others, even when you are not chatty. You are allowed to be the quiet person for a while, and when you do have to explain, and you do not have to explain yourself to anyone. This is why it is good to join a sports club where the focus is on the sport, not on having fun or talking. Nurture yourself. If you have a job and you're working, talk to the counselor at work as well as the HR and take a medical health break away from work. Take a break. 
take that leave. Take that leave of absence. Do not, under any circumstances, go back to work and act like things are normal because they are not. And throwing yourself into work and pretending that everything is okay, this is self-harm. So talk to your counselor as well as the HR and ask for a medical emergency leave of absence paid. Take time to rest and restore your body's balance. Go stay with a friend if you live alone or find a comfortable Airbnb in nature. Eat well, go for long walks or swims or cycling, read good books watch interesting movies, start a hobby, exercise. Qigong. Learn some Qigong. Okay, I'm biased. (laughs) I like it. Avoid doing anything compulsively, including working. This is why you must have a leave of absence from work. If you're having trouble relaxing and letting down your guard, you may benefit from relaxation techniques such as meditation and yoga. And be very, very smart about media consumption. If possible, throw out your TV. Avoid watching all violent programs, for these do trigger bad memories and uncomfortable flashbacks. This includes obvious things such as news reports about sexual violence and sexually explicit TV shows and movies. Completely avoid social media. Just just avoid it. Take care of yourself physically. It's always important to eat right, to exercise regularly, and get plenty of sleep. But even more so when you're healing from trauma. Repeat daily, I am healing, I am loved, I am love. I am healing, I am loved, I am love. Follow these steps daily for a month and then for six months and then for a year. Take your time. One day, you will wake up and smile a genuine smile and realize that you haven't had a negative thought for a long while. One day, you will wake up and realize that, yes, you're definitely on the healing path to joy, a future of hope, and a future of loving yourself. Keep on this course. Keep going. Don't stop, even when you feel better. Keep on this path. Don't change this road, for this is your healing journey. Remember too, that you are a very strong queen, for only the strong survive. So keep moving, and keep going, until you get to your happy place. Keep pushing You're not strong because of what that idiot did to you. 
You're strong because you're making an effort to move from the victimhood to victory. This is the end of the recovery lesson, dear lovely queen. You may listen into these two recordings again and again if you wish. You can also ask questions in the group. There is a provision for anonymous questions if you feel shy. I send you the healing energies of peace. I send you the healing energies of love. And I send you the healing energies of much much joy. You are a beautiful queen and you are healed.